0: Recorded live. Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be across the nation or around the world. Once again, you're listening to the VMR Communities Roundtable Podcast. This is podcast number 374. My name is Eric Nielsen, and with me today, I have my co host, as always, Corey Romero. Corey, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing well, Eric. How are you? It seems to me that the rain has gone out of California. How are you doing today?
0: Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, the rain is gone, and uh, the uh, the top seven uh, reservoirs in California are full, uh, and they've started to pump water out and release water, good for the fishes, and the snowpack is at 200%, so I think we can finally declare California droughts only. Yeah, that's great. We got sun out, so it's funny, and I'm actually sitting in a rim in the sun, and I'm a little bit warm, which is Fantastic. For all those people in north or people in Europe that are still living in the rain land, I'm, I feel for you. Don't forget to take your vitamin D pills and, uh, you know, and, 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 and go to a, a sun salon or something. I don't yes. know. Yes, absolutely. Yes. We are hey, so
1: Eric, so, much rain. so I do have some of the expert news. All right. So I uh, so want to give everyone an update on v So VExpert 2017 program, right now we're in the voting phase of the application process. We will have the announcement go out on February 8th. Um, we don't have a time yet, but that will go out. Uh, wanted to give another update on a webinar. So we had a webinar this morning with a company called Toyotech, and uh, I, it was a fantastic recording. And if, for those of you V-Experts who missed it, I will have that posted in the community later this afternoon. And uh, for those of you who attended, thank you for joining. We appreciate it. Um, Friday for NSX uh, vExperts, Friday is our call at 8 a.m. If you do not have the invite or you don't have the details, it's in the vExpert community or email me. And then um, we have some other very exciting webinars as well as announcements happening in the next few weeks. Uh, We have some more details to come. I don't want to say what those are yet until they're rock solid, uh, but just keep an eye on your email as well as uh, Slack and other channels, and we'll get the updates out there.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Good. Uh, appreciate all the hard work on that.
1: Um, on, yeah, the so. show
0: today, on the show today, we're going to be talking about migrating uh, uh, VCSA, uh, so vCenter server application uh, appliance, the vCenter server p- appliance, uh, migrating from a Windows vCenter server to the appliance. Uh, and with us, we have uh, Imad. And Imad, I'm going to let you say your last name here so I don't, I don't massacre it. <laughs>
2: so first name is Imad, last name is Eunice.
0: All right, great. And I know you've been on the show one or two times before, maybe, or is this your first time? First time on the show. First time on the show. Well, great. And and with us also, Adam uh, Eckerly And Adam is a senior technical marketing architect. Adam, welcome to the show. I know you've been on the show before. That's right. Um, so great uh, we're gonna get started with uh, with a topic uh, to, to cover this so uh, why don't you guys uh, Ahmad why don't you give me a little bit of history just maybe a minute elevator pitch of how long you have been
2: at VMware and uh, what do you work on and uh, where have you been in the past sure so started out as a customer Been uh, using VMware products since uh, the 2.5 days so it's been a it's been a while Um, then uh, from a customer went over to the partner side and after the partner of course came here to VMware so uh, next month actually I'll be with VMware for a year now I'm a senior technical marketing engineer and I cover the vCenter server migration and uh, the vCenter server appliance great great and Adam uh, why don't you give us just a, a minute synopsis of who you are and what you've been up to
3: yeah, absolutely. So um, my background is much like a mod's. I've worked for customers. I've worked for partners. Now I've uh, been with VMware, just celebrated my three-year anniversary. Uh, I was part of our, our field group uh, as a technical account manager before I moved into technical marketing, uh, but I've been a long-standing VMware and virtualization technology user. Uh, and so now I'm here in tech marketing.
0: Okay, well, great. Um, so, when we start talking about vCenter Server appliance, who would like to give us a little bit of history of the appliance as well as vCenter Server on the Windows uh, space? Uh, which of the two of you would like to give us a little bit of overview
2: of where we are with that today? So, the, the vCenter Server appliance uh, made its debut around you know the five five zero days. Standard SuSE Linux appliance, uh, simple uh, to deploy, OVA. Um, and if you fast forward from, from that to, to 6.0, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's taken form and shape, right? We still stayed at SUSE Linux and 6.0, um, but the, the feature parity was now comparable to its Windows counterpart, where it wasn't that way when it first launched in, in 5.0 days.
0: I know that I know that I, I picked it up in the 5 out of days, and the reason I do it is that I just didn't want to have a Windows server environment in my environment. I, I run Linux VMs, and I ran Solaris, Unix VMs, and so that was a nice piece for me where you didn't have to actually just go build a, a Windows server, license it from Microsoft just to manage a, a, some number of VMs. But
1: exactly. uh, it
0: was kind of a, a new product. It was kind of just... It wasn't uh, a deep, rich environment. It was just for for me to run some number of VMs. Uh, We've now made investments in this to to really bring it up as uh, full product spec and then offered it kind of in the enterprise as an alternative to having this Windows environment.
2: Right. So the VCSA or vCenter Server Appliance in 6.5, now, again, same as far as... um, As far as number of hosts, uh, number of VMs, it's still at scale with its Windows counterpart. But what's new in 6.5 is we surpass from a feature standpoint. We have features now that are only available in the vCenter server appliance. So vCenter high availability, or VCHA, is only for the appliance. Uh, Native file-based backup restore, again, only for the appliance. We have a management interface, so the BAMI is, again, only for the appliance, giving you more visibility into what's going on, CPU, network, memory realization, as well as database uh, visibility. So so much
0: like the HTML5 client is our strategy going forward, right? And is the vCenter server appliance really going to be the strategy moving forward from a vCenter perspective if these additional features are just showing up there?
2: From here going out, uh, it's, it's going to be vCSA. Interesting. All right. Yeah, that's a that's a move, and I, I I
0: say that I didn't know that, right? So uh, that's pretty that's pretty interesting. I think the writing right. is kind of on the wall, right? I mean, you kind right. to see the direction, right? And and in a sense, it makes kind of our Linux kind of solution there in the data center kind of full tier because when you went to HTML five, you got rid of the the Microsoft C sharp client, right? And now in the center server appliance you are actually moving off that as well, and you know it's the direction we're moving.
2: And we're actually nice. photon-based OS in this version, so we own the stack. Nice operating system, uh, the application, and of course we're using Postgres for the database. I could see the I can see where this is going
0: to be a, t- a task for our larger customers. What percentage uh, of customers have started to use the appliance now, and what are your challenges? What, what are you trying to communicate here
2: today? Uh, I mean we're seeing uh, a lot of customers now uh, adapting the the appliance and I think uh, the the last holdout was uh, update manager still requiring a separate windows box and Mm. with 6.5 bum or update manager is it's part of the appliance so no longer needing a separate windows box Uh, so we we're now seeing folks uh, eager to uh, migrate to the VCSA, if you will. Interesting. Um, I know in the day there was high
0: availability questions, right? Like when you know, how do you have multiple of these if this thing goes down? Where, what's the strategy there? I can't remember what the issues were around that when we talked about the appliance versus uh, a Windows environment. Are, are have a lot of that stuff been ironed out and like having multiple, you know, capabilities because if your vCenter server goes down, right, all of a sudden you can't, you're, 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 obviously your VMs are still running, but the ability to manage them. Uh, or do we have the ability to have fault tolerance slash high ability slash multiple instances of this with the appliance? Uh, what's
2: some of the some of that story? Yeah, so, uh, and Adam, feel free to jump in, but we, we actually have an active passive uh VCHA solution now built into Vcenter. So where we clone the active node uh, and we'll have a passive node and a witness node that's there for split brain. Good. So solved. Uh,
0: do we know a lot of customers that are you know that have set it up that way? Uh, Adam, maybe you want to take that take that question?
3: Yeah, so I mean we're we're still in the early days of, of the six five release, right? We're still within the Um, about a quarter of of GA, and, you know, honestly, a lot of enterprise customers wait to that first update release. Um, Mm -hmm. I talked to a a customer this morning uh, who was um, getting ready to deploy into production uh, prior to U1, Uh, and just about every customer I do talk to is definitely interested in the high availability feature. Um, this has been a long time coming, uh, and, and customers have really been uh, asking for this. So they're really excited, and uh, a lot of the experts that I've talked to and, and customers alike mm-hmm. have all been playing with this in their labs. Very nice. I,
0: I, I can imagine. I know that I, I have spent time with the, with the appliance in the days, but I have not spent in building it the high build like split from split. split brain model for that, but I think that was a lot of feedback we got in the, in the, the 5.0 days, so that's very cool. So uh, we're just talking general about this uh, now. Um, we start talking about the migration to it, um, what are the things that people have to start worrying about when they start looking at this challenge of moving from the Windows server off into uh, the appliance? Well, um, typically
2: in the past it was uh, a manual process which was a big effort, right? You'd have to deploy a, another vCenter server, stand it up side by side, and then depending on if you're using regular vSwitches or a distributed switch, you may have to you know, uh, move things around within the host and then swing the host over to the new vCenter. So it was a big effort uh, and could take some time. Uh, the other thing you could do is you could script it out uh, if you had that uh, expertise in-house. But now we actually provide... A uh, supported path in a migration tool or tools Uh, we released uh, 6.0 u2m right after VMworld US and uh, of course with the launch of 6.5 we have another native build uh, migration tool Uh, 6.0 u2m basically migrates from a Windows vCenter server to a vCenter server appliance Uh, if you're leveraging uh, 5.5 you can go from Windows 5.5 to 6.0 appliance and then in 6.5, you can go from a Windows 5.5 or 6.0 to a 6.5 appliance. Uh, we do all the heavy lifting for you, so you don't have to you know, worry about any of the programming or scripting or, or manual work. Uh, you will bring over your regular inventory, your configuration, all automatically, and then you get to select if you want your historical or performance data to come over.
0: That sounds like a, a, a an improvement. And so, migration tool um, came out in 6.0. The U, what's, what's U, U2M? U2M, yeah. and that's the name
2: of the appliance
0: uh, or the the migration tool, or is that the version of vSphere that it that it works on?
2: No, so that's just kind of the name, right? M Names. stands for migration. Migration, I got right? it. Okay. And that's just right. again for 5.5 to 6.0. 6.0. The new 6.5 one comes out what is it still M no no it's, it's just six five there's no it's right there in the UI Oh, okay so it's embedded right
0: yeah. so you don't have to get a migration tool exactly. you can just go there it's there do we, obviously we're going to do this in test and dev we're gonna we're gonna run you know to, to do these migrations in our 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 test environments first right but we should be able to get comfortable with this actually working uh, have you gotten some feedback on,
2: on the migration tool or are people oh, yeah. happy with it? Oh, yeah, yeah. We get a lot of feedback. Actually, if you go check Twitter and, and look at the hashtag migrate to VCSA, you'll see a lot of folks who have already successfully migrated production environments, uh, lab environments, whatnot. So uh, it's, uh, it's getting there. That sounds, uh, sounds
0: like an easy win, right? I mean, what are the gotchas? I mean, there must be something that – so if you're the expert and, you know, you've got some clients or you're working in a, at a company to do this, what are the, some of the steps that I have to take to, you know, convince my management that this is going to be okay, that I'm going to move to the Linux Appliance, I guess, with new features set, this would just roll up in the 6.5 planning activities, right, where you start to look at what, what are the new features that we'll be able to take advantage of in the appliance. Uh, what's the move to uh, 6.5? And then I would start making that case. Uh, I'm just trying to think what else would I have to explain to my management with regard to risks and assessment of doing this. I guess not much more than what all the risks are from moving from any version of vSphere to the next version of vSphere.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, the, the migration tool is not only doing just a uh, copy of the data, migrating the data from your current Windows vCenter to the appliance, we're also doing an upgrade, right, because we're going from 5.5 to right. either 6.0 or 6.5. So this
0: is all part of, this isn't just moving to
2: the appliance, this is doing an a, a, a upgrade to vSphere as well. Exactly, yeah, because we are spinning up a net new appliance for you, copying the data over, but, again, your, the standard upgrade rules still apply. So, make sure that you've looked at the interop matrix. Make sure that all, not only your VMware products, but any third-party products that you're leveraging in your environment also will support the version of vSphere you're moving to.
0: Um, when I go to an appliance, my appliance usually runs in a VM on Um Is there a chicken-and-the-egg problem? Oh, you know? Do I need to get my vSphere my up to 6.5, then I get an appliance, put the appliance in there, then the appliance manages six five that I'm running on. Uh, how does that scenario apply out So, get?
2: Yeah, so ready here. You can just uh, upgrade from version to six five six five.
0: Runs independent of your vSphere environment.
2: Yeah, I mean, you just basically mount the vCSA a 65 So, in front of UI, you'll see call, upgrade, migrate, or and you'll to the, you'll to go from
0: five, five and six. Someone on
2: call has not
0: muted us. I can mute that manually if I want, to. but I'll give everybody a chance to got people talking in the background. All right. There we go. Went away. Good. Maybe not. Maybe I need to mute everybody and then unmute some people. I can do that. Mute all. And then we'll uh, slowly unmute.
2: Why do I want to unmute?
3: See if I get
0: that, Katie. Nope. Great, got that picture.
2: Okay, so uh, back on back on point. Um, yeah. So if you're doing a, a net new deployment, right? We need at least a host, at least one host in the environment to deploy the the vCenter Server appliance to. So once you have that one host up. Uh, now, what's what's also new and, and great with the the appliance in six five is, I can now uh, deploy from my uh, Mac OS, I can deploy from a Linux OS, or I can deploy from Windows as supported before. So I just mount the ISO, go through the installer process, and my host is going to be the target that I'm deploying the VCSA to. I
0: didn't follow that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, say that one more time. So, right. so I have a brand new environment. Brand new environment. The prerequisite there is I need at least a single ESXi host to deploy to, to as a target. As a target, right. right. And I'm
0: deploying the vCenter server appliance to that single ESXi host as a target. Exactly. Got it? Exactly, yes. okay.
2: uh, Or, I mean, if, if you did have an existing vCenter there in an, sure. another of environment, yeah. you, can you can use it as a target that. as well. Sure. Uh, but that would be like a management cluster type. Okay. Scenario, but in a net new environment, yes, one host required. Got it. Um, I missed the part of um, putting my ISO on my Mac, and and what what's that part? Sure. That's the part I got. Yeah. I so in six five, uh, we support Mac OS. Uh, make sure to check the requirements uh, because we we support uh, various. Uh, Versus, Versus me, by Mac OS, okay. right, but so Mac OS Linux or Windows you can mount the VCSA ISO there Okay, and you can right. hit install and start deploying
0: start deploying
2: and that install is
0: part of what process? It's not the migration process. It's not the vSphere 6.5 install process. I'm trying to map what process what is that? What am I running there
2: uh, there? You're actually going through uh, just a normal VM deploy well, you're going through what we have in the appliance now in stage one, stage two, right? So stage one deploys the OVA. Okay. Right? And then stage two configures the OVA. Okay. I, I almost
0: follow it. I almost follow that, that scenario, right? I think you so, just need to go so, out and see one of the yeah, demos we have. I here. need to go do that. Um, speaking of that, hands-on labs or other places, where am I going to get exposure to this process without, you know, or do I just go get the Sphere 6.5 trial download and start playing playing with this stuff? Is that, is that the right way to go? Uh,
2: I mean, that's that's one way to go. Hands-on labs is another way to go. Uh, myself and the other guys in our tech marketing group, uh, Adam, of course, uh, Mike Foley, Kyle Ruddy, Eric Gray, et cetera, uh, we've been working on uh, product walkthroughs. So you can go out there on the feature walkthrough site, and you'll actually see some of the product walkthroughs. And one of them is uh, the install deploy, which uh, just released a blog post on the the b blog this week. No, nice. I was
0: going to ask, that was my follow-up question is,
2: have you guys written about this and post a blog article on it so that we can go, go check that out. Yeah. So there's stuff like that. And then uh, Adam has uh, a feature walkthrough for the VCHA feature within the VCSA. Adam, you want to kind of talk about that?
3: Yeah, sure. So just real quick, uh, vCenter high availability is, you know, as we kind of talked about previously, Uh, is a new feature exclusively for the appliance in 6.5. And so the feature walkthroughs, there's two of them, uh, run through the two ways to enable vCenter HA uh, on your vCenter. We call one the basic workflow, which is kind of the easy button. Uh, You put in a few parameters, uh, like some IP addresses, and then we use DRS and storage DRS if they're available. uh, To intelligently place things, uh, create some DRS anti-affinity rules and things like that, and, and to create the passive and the witness nodes all for you uh, and set up the cluster. Um, now there's some situations where you can't use that easy button. For instance, uh, if your vCenter is running inside a management cluster, uh, and that management cluster is is being managed by another vCenter that's in a different SSO domain, uh, in that case we have to use the advanced workflow, uh, which is very similar to the basic, but some of those things that we do automatically in the basic, we need to do manually as the user, uh, like creating DRS uh, anti-affinity rules, like doing the cloning of the active node to create the passive and the witness. Uh, so these walkthroughs are valuable in seeing how that process uh, lays out, and then uh, um, just shows you an example um, because it can get uh, a little complicated on the advanced, uh, but. The good thing is, is that either two of those workflows, the basic and advanced, you end up with the exact same functionality. Uh, so I know some customers look at the basic and they're like, oh, well, I don't, I want all the features, right? And so they'll look at the advanced when the reality is that you can absolutely use the basic uh, as long as you meet the requirements uh, as far as the SSO domain and vCenter goes, uh, and you get the exact same functionality that you would doing th- going through the advanced workflow.
0: Nice. Um, speaking of automation of that, uh, Power CLI, any impacts? Uh, do we do we control some of that? Can we control some of that through Power CLI and the, the migration process? If I've got a lot of these, uh, you know, servers in my environment, how do I automate, or what do I do, or should I not be automating, you know, upgrading, you know, a larger number
2: of vCenter server servers? So the good news is, uh, we as part of the VCSA CLI. We have JSON templates, okay. and one of the templates is, or several of the templates are, for uh, migration, right? Okay. So you can migrate, uh, you know, to an ESXi uh, host, or you can migrate to another vCenter uh, server as as targets. But uh, you can you can automate that process as well. Um, another thing that uh, that I want to kind of mention about the migration process is we not only support migration from um, virtual machines, right, Windows uh, virtual machine to an appliance, but we also will migrate a vCenter that's still on a physical uh, piece of hardware. <laughs> I just saw your eyes just kind of, like, <laughs> light up as soon as I said physical piece of hardware.
0: I miss the days of actually running on computers, <laughs> which is the cloud environment. Now, that sounds that, – that sounds – how do you guys – talk you just talked to the vCenter server through an agent um, and you know
2: so there's whole data there's kind of two pieces to this uh, for the migration there's what's called the migration assistant which serves two purposes uh, you deployed that initially on the vCenter server windows vCenter server that you're going to migrate right uh, it's going to go out and run a pre-check and determine if you pass all the you know the criteria if everything is well Then you'll uh, you'll go over to a separate Windows box that has network connectivity to the vCenter server, and you'll run what's called the migration tool itself. If you don't pass the pre-checks, the good thing about you know the migration assistant is it will kind of say, hey, here's where you failed. You go back, fix it, and then rerun the migration assistant.
0: Yeah, that's that's actually a really nice strategy. A, a couple buddies of mine were, were talking about a hardware chip design, right? This is kind of a side but relevant. Um, and when you're doing hardware chip design, you're doing these editings of the chip, there is no Compiler that you can compile and say, hey, do all these chips that I've glued together actually work together? They just don't have that. And uh, we we looked at some says, you know, everybody should be able to do a pre-compile and get a bunch of warnings and see what they are before I have to go send something to Foxconn and burn some prototype boards. <laughs> so in a real sense, it's the same thing, right? You're doing a pre-check, going through, you get warnings, you get, you go resolve all your warnings. If you get the thing to compile, or you get it to go through the whole the, the whole pre-checks, you you get your okay, I think I'm good here. I've got everything resolved. This should work. I have a high probability that it's going to work. Uh, makes me ask another question, like, if it doesn't work, how do I roll back? Is there kind of some strategies for, you know, recovering from something that for whatever reason didn't work?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so the, the other thing I want to mention before I just jump in the is the Migration Assistant also is the, the piece that copies the data from the Windows vCenter server. To the appliance, right? So okay. it it yeah. looks just like a command prompt, okay. uh, and you'll be kind of itching to want to like close it. Uh, make sure you don't close it. Don't touch it. Let it do its thing. It's and, doing its thing. And once um, once the data copy process is completed, we will gracefully shut down uh, the Windows V Center Server and then start putting the da- layering the data on top of the appliance. But to answer your question, we don't make any changes. To the source Windows vCenter server. Oh, nice. Right. Right. So All we're directory. doing is just copying right. the data. That's the easy answer. Yep. We're not touching uh, the, the vCenter, we're not touching the SQL database or Oracle database, we're just copying right. the data. And if anything does happen, you will shut down the appliance that was deployed, remove it from inventory, you'll power on the Windows vCenter server, you'll re add it to Active Directory because part of the migration process, we need to update yeah, you, yeah. The, right. the object uh, there. But after that, you just join the Active Directory, and you're back up and running. Back as up and sure. running, right, because yeah. you're not really
0: destructing anything yeah. on the, the Windows server. Exactly. Apparently. The right. only right. thing
2: I would say keep in mind is once you've migrated over and you've made some changes, like deployed VMs, Sure. Well, if you yeah. convert yeah. back. Yeah. yeah, of course.
0: Right? right. Yep. Yeah. yeah, you can't go backwards once you start running in production. <laughs> you running, running stuff, that's yeah. for sure. I mean, so what you're listening to is my kind of my scenarios of what I think when we talk about this subject, having, you know, been down of racks and mess around with VMs and run some production environments. Um, I, I don't know if you guys have other things that you want to communicate when we're talking about migration, um, whether, you know, uh, what's the feedback from the community that is? it is it a, it's a positive feedback? Uh, by and large, this works well and people should feel, feel comfortable about this process?
2: Yes, yes. Uh, as far as that- the process is pretty simple. Like I said, it's it's straightforward. Uh, as far as feedback, again, uh, as I stated earlier, I mean, if you go out to social media, you'll see a lot of positive. Uh, I mean, yeah. you
3: know,
2: we we do have our one z two z people who have experienced issues. Some of them right. have been really more environmental. I mean, yes, this is a new process, but right. there's still things that don't change, right? I mean, DNS still needs to be properly configured. NTP right. still needs to be properly configured and set up. So. Those kind of things, uh, I would make sure that uh, you have them in place right. prior to uh, starting. Most of us know when we have a ratty
0: code environment versus a very clean, structured environment. I always come back to like how I write software, and I know that if I've got really clean software, things work really well. If you've got a really dirty environment where you, you could see some issues, obviously, because you just haven't got a very clean, structured environment and you might have Some things that don't work properly. So, whenever you're doing a migration, I assume it's the time to get everything clean, solve all your known errors, right? Put air in the tires, check the oil, make sure that things are clean before you go through these these processes,
2: right? Because that'll
0: help your results. Um, Okay, so you know, I can I can also list my cloud native. You're running on a cloud native OS, right? Uh, Which is Photon, right? Um, uh, What
2: I have. Your experience has been with that. Uh, I mean, in this release, it's definitely a lot faster when it comes to uh, boot time. Uh, I mean, if you've seen the 6.0, it kind of took some time to kind of build itself and come up. Uh, with with 6.5, uh, definitely a lot faster uh, when it comes to reboots and, and boot time. Nice. Nice. Um, I, I know that it has
0: been out for a year and a half now, right? I think this is the first instance I've seen where we're actually putting in production, you know, uh, our own OS and then layering things on top of that, right? It's, I don't think there's any other ones that I know of that have, have moved to that degree. I, it's just a Linux, right? I mean, it, it's, a, it's just a Linux Foundation kernel uh, that we've taken from the open source, uh, you know, Linux project and then built our own stuff into it. So I think that it would be fairly standard OS. Um, in a real sense, the, the appliance doesn't offer a lot of APIs down at any kind of OS function. So it's kind of invisible other than we are running on it, and you do experience what the GUI boot-up sequence is. I don't know if there's any other
3: impacts here. Well, in I mean, to that.
2: We, we now own the stack, right? So right. In regards to patching and things like that, We can get those out at a regular cadence versus having to rely, let's say, on a third party or or whatnot. So there are benefits for us
0: doing this. And certainly coming from a Windows server management perspective, there's a huge, if I'm coming from the Windows server appliance, right, or going from the Windows server to uh, vCenter server appliance, that's radically different because I'm not in the Windows patch, you know, model. I get to take advantage of a, a more cleaner, you know, I would say less you know, so risky. Frequent. Yes, risky platform to have to keep up up to date,
2: um, which yeah. which is interesting. There's a lot of operational benefits uh, to the appliance or that you typically uh, kind of overlook. I mean, the first the first one is uh, we we no longer need the the licensing model that, that we have with Windows, so operating system and then the database that we're using, whether it's SQL or Oracle. So right there, uh, we we give you some money back. Not meeting those licenses um, and then uh, of course as far as the database we don't with with Windows you actually need some sort of DBA or DBA skill set mm-hmm. there uh, whereas with the appliance we have Postgres built in and it's tuned already for vCenter so again you don't need that DBA skill set you just deploy and and go I always ask
0: that and I, I'm sure when I have guests and what's the license impact of what you're doing how expensive is this you know what, what are people what, what do i have to worry about from a licensing perspective this is uh, is the v center server appliance is that uh something that I've Buy. I know it was free back in the 5.0 days. We just go get it, or at least I think it was. Being a VMware employee, everything is free, so I, I get lost in that sometimes. Um, so, license impact on DB is good. The license impact on OS is uh, OS is good. How about the appliance
2: itself? How does that get bundled? Uh, it's just a standard uh, vCenter license. Just right? standard vCenter you
0: just, license. Just need a vCenter yep. license, and uh, um, it's. Uh, VCenter's license on the number of sockets, cores, that kind of thing. On the appliance, it's just a, it, Is it? It's not that. It's just you could run it if you've got vSphere. Right. how does it scale out? Or do you? If you don't know, that's a perfectly fine answer. Uh,
2: from the licensing, I just go download my vCenter licensing, and it's. Yeah, it's, it's already it licensed right in there. Right? It, in there it, right? There's, right. there's no. It's not cores. It's not number of like
0: VMs that. that I'm managing or number of vCenter servers that I'm I'm managing. If you've got the
2: vCenter so server license. Server and license
0: and you're good you're good to go and that, so and essentially it's free as long as you're managing a licensee center server right? um, on scalability always look at that a little bit um, Adam do you what do you think about scalability when it comes to running moving from a Windows environment server to the appliance any impacts on scale
3: not uh, well so yes and no um, no in terms of as Ahmad kind of stated earlier, we're at scalability parity in terms of number of VMs, uh, number of vCenters we can have in an environment, things like that, number of hosts we can manage. But absolutely yes in terms of if we look at things of operations per second uh, and compare um, the appliance, uh, 6.5 appliance to not only previous releases of the appliance, but also to... Uh, a 6.5 center running on Windows, uh, we see a significant performance improvement uh, inside the appliance. And I think much of that is due to, uh, you know, Photon OS and the efficiencies that we have there with, with a purpose-built operating system versus a general purpose operating system that we have with Windows and then what we had with SLES prior to moving to Photon. Uh, so there are some, some implications and some very good things uh, that have come Uh, with the 6.5 clients in terms of of scale.
0: Good, good. How about GUI? When I'm running the GUI, I'm running on the HTML5 client, uh, no impact there. I assume this. you have to be running on the HTML5 client um, and and talking to your vCenter server. Um, You want to talk a little bit about that?
3: Sure. So um, we do have, uh, the, the client landscape now is, is kind of um, large. Uh, now that we've deprecated the, the legacy C-sharp clients, um, it's gotten a little bit smaller. But the, the fact of the matter is, uh, you know, to be frank, uh, customers still may have to use multiple interfaces to interact with vCenter. Um, and that's absolutely something that we're trying to get away from. Uh, we want customers and users and admins uh, to use one interface, and we want to have one common user experience. Uh, there's some things that you kind of have to jump around in. You know, if you want to manage the PSC versus the vCenter, uh, you got to jump around in different UIs. And we've we've started adding some links in there to make that a little easier. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, there's opportunities for improvement. So one of the neat things. Um, You know, working with more, um, you know, traditionally Ahmad and I have worked with a lot of uh, engineers in R&D, but now we're starting to work more and more with uh, UI and user experience folks uh, and seeing the ideas that they have that could make uh, the user experience of managing vCenter and interacting uh, so much better uh, than it is today. Not to say that it's bad or anything, but, you know, there's always room for improvement, right? So there's some cool things that we're working on. Uh, and then we also, you know, in the short term, uh, getting everybody over to the HTML5 vSphere client. Uh, we should see um, an update for that, um, you know, in the next couple of quarters probably. Uh, and then the fling uh, is continued to be updated to get the latest, uh, you know, sort of bleeding edge features uh, almost we have on a, a weekly talk- basis.
0: Uh, we've had a full podcasts on the HTML5, Got another podcast on the open source and the flings. So we're very, very familiar, at least people that have listened to the last five or six shows have been through a lot of that. So that's good. Uh, from a, purely from a connectivity to the appliance perspective, are there things that they have to worry about um, or is it pretty much seamless from the back end? It's seamless from no, the back end. Well,
1: go okay. ahead.
3: Yeah, I mean it's it's the same either way. So you know the the vSphere client is is um, built into both flavors of vCenter, uh, appliance and Windows. Uh, so you know basically what you can do now is just hit um, you know the vCenter FQDN on 443, on port 443 that is, uh, and your the splash page now has links to both of those clients, uh, and they're both. Uh, uh, proc, you know, the, go through the reverse proxy uh, over 443. So they use the same port. The H5 client isn't on a specific port. Uh, it's just on a different endpoint, uh, so slash UI uh, versus uh, just vSphere-client. Uh, so it makes it pretty easy to get to. And then there's also a link that i found that not a lot of people know about, and maybe Dennis talked about this on one of the previous shows, but on that splash page with links to the two clients, There's also a link to a page in the product documentation, uh, sort of an organic page that lists the the capabilities or the things that we don't yet have in the the HTML5 vSphere client. Uh, So that's something to kind of keep an eye on, especially as we update the client uh, and we can cross, you know, those things off the list as we progress.
0: Right, I think we have moved to being very transparent. That was clear in the last couple shows, and the feedback has been very good on that. So, um, thanks to you guys being <laughs> transparent in the back end, and that you know it just works. Um, so good, 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 good there. Other things we want to share. We we have a you know maybe ten more minutes here to the show, or we can we can wrap it up. Um, places to go. I like to list URLs. So. The vSphere blog is blogs.com slash vSphere, I think, but uh, we should verify that one. Um, other blogs. places.
1: Blogs.vmware.com slash vSphere.
0: Blogs.vmware.com slash vSphere. That's right. Okay. So, and you can go read about the appliance there. You did a blog article maybe a couple weeks ago, and today is the end of January-ish, the so 2020-something. So uh should, should be easy to find there. Um, What other places do you guys have a a Twitter handle for the appliance? Uh, Do you guys tweet out on a regular basis? I mean, I don't know how exciting the appliance actually is over time, but um, how much interaction do you have with community over appliance issues and uh, where should they reach
2: out if they have questions? Uh, We're very visible on Twitter. So uh, myself, I'm at Ahmad underscore Eunice. And uh, we we answer questions daily. We actually behind the scenes when when somebody's having issues, we'll we'll DM them and, and maybe get SR numbers and just try to help. I mean, of course, we can't do that for everybody, but we do try to, to help as much as we can. But we are very involved on, on social media, um, not only you know Twitter, but other forms and things like that. Great, great. Um. I would say other places to look would be, again, the um, product walkthroughs. We we have several out there right now on 6.5. We're promoting more. Um, uh, Again, the the vSphere blog. Uh, I also have a personal blog that I run, modunis.com. Adam, I'll let you. I see at ECK79,
0: ECK79 is your Twitter account, Adam, right? Um, And then email EMOD underbar Yonis, Y O U N I S, EMOD E M A D underbar Y O U N I S. So if you're in the car listening to the podcast, give those guys a follow. Uh, they're they're fun, to, to fun to listen to and watch. Uh, Adam, do you blog anywhere or any other places that people should go?
3: Uh, for now, just the vSphere blog, so vmware.com slash, uh, our blogs at vmware.com slash vSphere. Excellent,
0: excellent. Um, I know that you guys are talking about doing a series of podcasts, or not, maybe on some d- different subjects with regard to to this, or not. I don't know if there's enough to do that. Um, but if so, what do we? Th- what do you guys have in the, in mind with regards to you know the V Center appliance or any other subjects you might want to get across to the large V V expert audience? Uh, any other things you might want to come back for? Uh,
2: I mean, there's there's so much to talk about with the appliance. Uh, there's a lot going on in that space, and that will be for, for future Uh, this one was more around you know getting to the appliance. getting to the clients what right clients is and we can talk about that uh, all day as well Uh, other shows we were thinking about was kind of like Adam was talking about was the clients which clients should I use to manage what and when is the right time to you know to use these clients and maybe even kind of giving a little bit of update on where we're going with with some of these Uh, and then maybe even another show just diving into some of the features I mean, we've introduced uh, quite a number of features in this release uh, and, uh, you know, promoting some awareness on, you know, HA, backup, restore, um, yeah, I think that would that.
0: be re- really interesting to do, right? Because the clients is one great idea. I think we should have you back on in the next uh, in the next month and, and talk about the, uh, clients as well as features. I like features a little bit better. We tend to beat clients to death, but I think it's one of those things that it's it's good from an architecture perspective to figure out what your client roadmap needs to be and what you know. There's this number of VMware products right a number of management interfaces and then how do I get from A to B to C and how to, what's the strategy for that and where's that going but then more interestingly how what are the features drilling down in these features and how would I take advantage of them and what's the architecture for setting those up so I think that would also be a pretty particularly interesting one to, to drill down with um, which we have done some of that in when we talk about the user interface, drilling down the features. So looking forward to that. Um, Maybe we'll get you back in the studio. I know we got started on the podcast a little bit late today. We're locked out of our studio, so we're in an office. That's why it sounds a little echoey. And then, Adam, you're on the phone, so thanks for dialing and, and joining uh we are trying to do podcasts every 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 week now no matter what no matter how late we get started we are definitely going to be here uh pushing out the podcasts. thanks for showing up late uh for those people that are online right now um, we'll definitely be uh marketing these out and pushing out the agenda for the next several ones. tommy barry is in the room with us tommy i know you're running the vmware social channels you see tommy every once in a while tweet things out Uh, Thanks for being here, Tommy. I know that we're doing some marketing on the the podcast coming up, and I think we're booked all the way through February. Now I'm starting to book ones into March as well. So uh, that's good for us. Uh, Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, Ahmad, thanks for showing up and being here. And uh, same with you, Adam. Always great to have you on the show. Thanks for doing all the work. Uh, I know that we all have fun running vSphere and – you know, deploying out, running or managing our VMs, uh, and it's thanks to you guys doing the hard work, figuring out how to do it ahead of time, and then writing up so we can read how to make this stuff happen. So uh, I know I say this from a bunch of community members, thanks all for spending time in this space making that happen. Sure. Yeah. Thanks very much. All right. Well, uh, that's it for the, the show. We will see you again next week. Tommy, do we know what we're doing next week? We Tommy looks and goes. New VMware Code website with Larry and Tim. Oh, Larry and Tim. Yes, we did launch the VMware Code website yesterday, brand new with sample exchange APIs, REST APIs. The whole thing has come together with Developer Central. So we're going to have the guys that did that year-long project uh, on the show to talk about everything that's now on code.vmware.com. So uh, if you haven't seen code, the new code.vmware.com, it launched yesterday. Whole new look and feel really nice with a whole bunch of new features in that. With Sample Exchange there, you can upload your own samples. Uh, Sample Exchange not only does code, but it does uh, Power CLI samples. Uh, It does anything that's text-based that you want to go up through and and register yourself with. It integrates into GitHub, so if you have a project, you can do that. But uh, that's what we're going to cover next week. Uh, So until then, uh, drive safe, be careful, and uh, try to get some sunlight in, in your system. Uh, That's it. I'm going to hit the big red stop button now.